It's time for the Crunch Time Plays podcast, where we talk all things sports from the collegiate level all the way up to the pros. And now, here's your host, Bennett Ganey. Hey, what's up? This is Danny Wexelman. Hey, everyone. I'm Steffi Smalls. What's up, everyone? It's Ben Lindsay. This is Andrea Carter. Hey there, it's Brooks Austin. And you are watching and listening to Crunch Time Plays. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Crunch Time Plays today. Whether you're watching us on YouTube, listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, thanks so much. And we're diving back into to college football, diving back into recruiting today, talking some South Carolina recruiting uh, with Wes Mitchell from Gamecock Central. Just does an incredible job over there. And, and Wes, it's an honor to have you, brother. Hope you had a great weekend and hope you're doing well today. Yeah, appreciate you having me, man. I, I like the uh, – I'm, I'm going to have to get with your people, man. I, I like the intro there. Uh very, very well done, and and glad to be on, man. I uh, really appreciate you having me. <laughs> You're welcome. I'll I'll have uh, I'll have my people contact your people. You <laughs> <laughs> well, Wes, I just wanted to start off with you, kind of talking about just the month, how the how the month of June I went for for Shane Beamer and, and the staff. Obviously, he's a he's a new coach, but obviously has a, so much experience uh, from his time uh, at South Carolina before being a part of that being a part of those recruiting classes that really uh, set the tone for, for the expectations of, of Gamecock football now. And, you know, he's built a staff that really wants to, to prove themselves. Of course, Shane Beamer's got tons of experience on this level. I think he, he kind of came out ahead a little bit of, of the guys that, that were other SEC hires, like a Brian Harson that's never really recruited at an SEC level before. Obviously he's recruited at, at a national level, but just a, the wave of, of excitement and, and positive thoughts around the program uh, from the month of June. I had a chance to to have Sammy Brown on here, a, a 24, 2024 linebacker that, that had a camp and unofficial visit up in Columbia uh, during June. And he was just telling me about you know, how genuine the staff was, how how excited he is uh, for that staff. And, and just, just your thoughts about about the wave of excitement, the wave of energy surrounding that staff. I know they had visitors on campus, I think, 26 of the 27 days during during that live period in June. Yeah, first of all, Sammy Brown, that kid's an absolute freak, man. Freak show. Dude is a stud. Um, I remember seeing him at – I think it was one of the later days of, of camp. Um, looked out, standing out there, probably could play tight end, probably could play linebacker. Uh, dude is a monster. But, but yeah, the – you know, June, that, that might have been the busiest, uh, just speaking in general, like the busiest recruiting month in college football history, just because uh, you had, for a lot of these kids, it was like they jammed an entire year, year and a half of recruiting into like one month. So, I mean, they're taking, you know, you had kids taking three official visits in one week, I think at, at times. So it, it was crazy, man. It was over the top, but I, I thought Beamer and, and this staff did a good job of you know, hitting the round running. I, I think they were they were really hurt, I believe, by kids not being able to visit prior to June. You know, it, it's it's tough enough to recruit, you know, if, if, if maybe a kid's never stepped on your campus, it, it's almost impossible to recruit if they've never met the coaches in person, which is what South Carolina was facing, uh, you know, in, in a lot of these situations. So uh, they took advantage. They got guys back on campus. Um, you know, Beamer, Beamer said, I, I won't – I want kids on campus every single day that's live in June. The one day they didn't was was Father's Day, so that was by design. And uh, every other day they had kids in. So I, I thought they they created some momentum. Um, 
they really did a good job. If you look at the class so far, it's kind of a combination of some like under the radar in-state kids where it's about making an evaluation, bringing the kid on your campus, um, you know, doing the NFL style testing. Uh, you know, you look at a uh, Kelly Corton, you know, a fairly local kid. You look at uh, Nick Emanwari from Irmo, uh, local kids who had really great testing numbers. It, but then also landing some some big time prospects. You know, you look at Emory Floyd, um, out of state kid who's a four star prospect. Um, you know, you look at some of the guys who are still chasing. You know, an Oscar Delp, an Antonio Williams. Uh, you know, guys like that. It was really a nice combination, and Beamer did a good job. I feel like of uh, using social media to continue to build some of that hype. I, I think he understands how to use social media to get people fired up. And if you notice the fan base is like eating, like they're eating it up, uh, even, you know, to, to recreate the Arby's picture of, of Spurrier, um, you know, that I think every Gamecock account on Twitter and on Instagram reshared that, that photo because it, it was so perfect. So, that, that's my my long winded answer there, man. But it's been um, it's been fun to follow it as well because there's there's excitement and my my job is way more fun when people are like excited about reading and excited about hearing about uh, South Carolina sports. Yeah, it was funny you met you mentioned the the picture from from SC, from leaving SEC Media Days, and I was just thinking whenever I saw it, I was thinking about just the how the fact that just how genuine uh, Coach Beamer was and and just on a national level paying attention to the South Carolina program during his, during his meet with the media during SEC media days, I felt he, he really won the day, probably won the week. And then, and then, you know, just, just putting that picture on there. I think it was just, you know, just kind of add a little bit of icing on top of the cake and, and just, I think it got, like you said, it got fans really excited for the season not and also for the, for you know the you still got that one silent commitment out there. I know that's gonna um, be, have fans are really excited and probably vault the Gamecocks up a little bit more uh, in the rankings. I don't really think uh, anybody really expected uh, this kind of wave of excitement, but it kind of started uh, in May whenever you flipped Donovan Westmoreland uh, from Georgia, the linebacker, and then you've had uh, twelve commits so since the start of June. Obviously, eleven we know about, and then the one. A silent commitment. I, I just don't think anybody uh, really saw this coming, but but Shane Beamer definitely worked uh, the entire you know off season getting ready for June and and that staff. Who who are some of the guys uh, on the staff that that are really uh, getting after it on, on the trail that that you're really paying attention to over these next couple months as as we're getting into the season? Yeah, you know I, I think uh, if you look at what you know Beamer has put together with the staff. Um, it was definitely an approach of, of you, you have to have a personality to be on the staff. Like you have to be sort of a, a down to earth guy. You have to be able to connect with people. So I think in time we're going to see that most, if not all these guys are, are going to be pretty, pretty good recruiters as they have time to sort of uh, build in roads and, and kind of uh, get more and more comfortable where they're at. Get, you know, I think they set themselves up really well for the 2023 guys as well. You know, the juniors, rising juniors who were already on campus and now you have a full year moving forward uh, to build those relationships. But, you know, I, I think if you're going to start to single some guys out, you got to give a lot of love to Torrey and Gray. If you look at the defensive backs class, I mean, dude, that, that was such a big need for them. And to, to land some of the high school kids, you know, I talked about Emory Floyd earlier, but I mean, Anthony Rose, I saw him in camp as well. This kid is, 
to, to me, that that's two of their better uh, pickups in the entire class right there is, is Emory Floyd and Anthony Rose. Uh, to go get Karan Prunty out of the transfer portal, somebody, I mean, that might be Beamer's biggest get uh, to date as far as just a guy who can come in and, and help you out play early. Um, you know, that that's massive, man. So I, I would say Torian Gray, I, I, I think Jimmy Lindsay has done a phenomenal job hitting the ground running, um, putting not, not just landing some guys already, but putting South Carolina in, in a really good position uh, moving forward. Um, you know, Justin Stepp is, is also someone that uh, he doesn't quite – he it hasn't just maybe the timeline of some guys, it hasn't happened yet as far as me to be able to point to like, hey, he got this four-star guy. But Stepp has recruited well every single place he has been. So, you know, I that's going to be no different at, at South Carolina. He's going to recruit very, very well. Obviously, Antonio Williams is, is sort of the, the the prime guy right there, but he's got South Carolina in position with Jaden Gibson, four-star kid out of Florida, Dane Key, four-star kid out of Kentucky, and, and really has has gotten a head start on 2023 as well. So th- those are some of the guys I think will will definitely recruit. But, hey, I, I think you got to give some low-key credit to, to Pete Limbo, who comes in. He's more of like an X's and O's special teams guru type guy, but – his relationships in the Northeast, look at Ryan Brubaker. Uh, maybe we got to give some love to Greg Atkins. He's got a really nice little O-line class going. But getting getting in, in with Brubaker to start, getting in with Braden Davis to start, um, you know, these are some guys where that's been about limbo, sort of mining his contacts is probably the best way to say it, in the Northeast, and then putting South Carolina in a position. Sometimes it's about – who can I find that's a good fit for, for South Carolina to recruit and then handing it off to the O-line coach, handing it off to the quarterback's coach. So I think that's, that's what Limbo has done a really good job of there. Yeah, definitely. All the, all the members of the staff are definitely guys that, that are out to prove themselves. And you didn't mention Pete Limbo. I, I did want to touch on him uh, next with you, kind of that Northeast connection, like you were talking about with, with Braden Davis and Ryan Brubaker that have already committed in the class, just kind of the emphasis on the, on the Northeast. I know kind of uh, North Carolina, you know, Mac Brown and that staff uh, have, have a fence around kind of that pr- kind of around that state uh, as it stands right now, a state that the South Carolina's obviously recruited uh, very well over the years, but, but being able to go out and, and get a couple guys from Texas to, to make up for that or, or give the guys uh, up in the Northeast, I never really seen, never really heard. Maybe, maybe it kind of went on behind the scenes in, in conversations that, that we don't hear, but whenever we're talking about kind of, the emphasis on the Northeast. I've never heard a, st- a staff at, at South Carolina really emphasize that uh, to kids up on the Northeast, saying that that this is the the SEC school that that's closest to you. If you want to come uh, straight down the coast, be be an SEC player at South Carolina, really understanding that the student body at South Carolina, you know, a lot of the a lot of the student body comes from up there, comes from the New Jersey. New York area, Pennsylvania area. Just I've never seen, or maybe maybe like we said, it kind of goes on behind the scenes. But publicly, I've never really seen any any coach or assistant coach really comment on that. Yeah, I'll tell you the le- the last time the last guy to really do that, I would say you go back to GA Mangus during the Spurrier era. He did a good job of getting South Carolina in on some guys up there, landing some guys up there. Um, you know, off the top of my head, Demir Bird's probably. Uh, you know, 
maybe their best get one of their best gets from, from up there. They had some other high profile gets that didn't necessarily work out on the field. Um, uh, let's see. Sheldon Royster was a kid. He was a four star DB. They landed from from the northeast, um, uh, went up that way to get Jalen Christian. He was a four star cornerback, I, I think. Uh, but, yeah, the, Mangus had connections up there. Other than that, it has not been a huge priority for South Carolina. I, but I, I think you you have to have some of those pre-existing relationships up there. Um, or you just have to say, look, we're going to put in the time, the effort, the energy to build those relationships and build those inroads. I mean, who would have thought that South Carolina would be um, landing the best players out of Delaware? Like that just – if you told me that a few years ago, I'd have been like, what What are you talking about? Like that, that doesn't make sense. But And that was started, frankly, some of it's luck. You get a guy like Marshawn Lloyd – um, you know, who, who comes in, he's originally from Delaware and, and just start, you start building a, a pipeline there. And, and that was primarily the work of Thomas Brown, who was at South Carolina for a year, you know? So, uh, but, but they've built off that, which I, I think is impressive. And I think they're going to have to do that, man. I mean, like you said, the, the, uh, the doors to, to North Carolina are closed for the most part right now, unless you can find a guy or two that just makes sense. May, may, you know, you can find some, some sort of legacy recruits, you know, maybe people that their parents went to South Carolina that are living in North Carolina now, or they have a team, you know, it, there are going to be some connections that will get you in with North Carolina kids, or maybe North Carolina itself doesn't want, you know, a, a prospect, but for the most part, the top guys, either UNC is getting them or Clemson's getting them from, from that state. So yeah, I think you got to be creative going to Texas. That's, you know, that's a, an example there of Justin Stepp just having a great relationship with Riley Dodge, who's the the head coach there at um at uh, South Lake, Texas, Texas. And, you know, a, a kid uh, in Landon Sampson, I think has, for my money, is one of the most underrated kids in this entire uh, recruiting class for South Carolina. Outstanding football player. He'll help South Carolina early on, I, I, I believe. So, uh, so yeah, it's, you got to get creative if you're South Carolina. Hit the portal for some guys hit the Northeast for some guys, hit Texas. And um, then of course, uh, try to try to take care of home, you know, right here in South Carolina. Yeah, that, that's definitely true. And you mentioned a couple of those uh, wide receivers. I did want to hit on uh, kind of the offensive class that, that, that Carolina has so far. And, you mentioned Braden Davis already from Delaware, a guy that's really become you know kind of a lead recruiter of, of different guys uh, in the class definitely speaks to, to his character, but, uh, but kind of, getting a little bit nervous, you know, after Mike Bobo leaves and, and go, goes to Auburn and you think, you know, when Gunnar Stockton's committed, you think he might go, might go to Auburn, he goes to Georgia and then you've kind of bounced back and forth on a couple guys and you end up with, with Braden Davis, who, who is a really great player. And, and the offensive line class, you mentioned Brew Baker, Grayson Maines, Case and Henry, and then wide receivers, Kylie Corton, the guy that, that plays eight man football in skis uh, here in South Carolina. But, but a guy that, that can definitely help you, maybe not, uh, maybe not this next year, but definitely in the years to come. And then, then Landon Sampson, definitely a, an underrated guy. So, who are who are a couple of the the guys? Maybe it's an offensive lineman, or maybe uh, it's this cup, a couple wide receivers that that really catch your eye about uh, guys on the offensive side of the ball that are committed right now. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, Brew Baker. You know, every, everybody knows about him. You can look at the – anybody can look at the commit list and like, all right, he's a high four-star guy. You beat Penn State for him. Um, that's an obvious one, so I'll, I'll give you one um, sort of past that. 
you know, I really like the case in Henry kid. I mean, um, as a matter of fact, I'm just going to go ahead and vouch for him. You should have him on your show. Um, great interview. He's like the leader in the clubhouse right now for best interview. Um, now I don't, I don't know if you have a, uh, like a beep button on here or if you like, or if you allow cussing or not, sometimes he gets a little fired up. I'll, uh, I'll tell you. Um, hopefully he doesn't mind me saying that, but he's a dude, hilarious kid. And also just, he is, he is mean on the field. Like he, he is one of these guys that, um, is going to tell you how he feels. He's going to talk, he's going to talk a little bit of smack on the field. Um, perfect fit. I think for Greg Atkins, those guys just clicked instantly. Um, yeah, to receivers, you know, we mentioned Landon Sampson earlier. That, that's my guy right now as far as, the you know, the receivers go. I, I think the kid will play probably pretty early at South Carolina. With, with Callie Corton, I've sort of told people, like, let, let's try to not put unrealistic expectations on this kid right away because he is coming from eight-man football. There's going to be an adjustment. The The athleticism is, is like, off the charts. I mean, the, the testing numbers are, are like, on level with with what a guy who is a future NFL player would be, but I don't I don't think it's necessarily right to set, to expect him to come in and play day one just because there's going to be a lot of development that has to take place here to play that position at the SEC level. So I, I look at Landon Sampson being more of maybe an immediate impact type guy. Maybe the upside isn't quite what Kylie Cortens is as a six three uh, kid that can can fly, frankly. But then you look at Horton, and it's like, okay, the upside is there, but there's going to have to be some time here for him to work with step, for him to continue to, to develop. You know, all those nuances of playing that position that um, that most of the time, you know, you just don't pay attention to. It's just an average fan watching the game. You don't care about that stuff, but that, that's a big part of it, bouncing from eight-man ball to, to SEC ball. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about that, and and so many of these guys. And Case and Henry definitely definitely have to reach out to him and, and try to and try to get him on here. Sounds like a sounds like a really great time. And and Ryan Brubaker, I did want to say, you know, somebody there's got to be like a local coffee shop or maybe even a Starbucks that wants to sign him to an NIL deal whenever he gets to Columbia. Because I think not only can he can get you a good cold brew, you know, just based on his last name, he could also like bake you some cookies or some pastries. Yeah, Brubaker, that's. That's genius, actually, man. Like maybe one like drip coffee or um, I, don't, I don't know. There's there's a lot of coffee shops in Columbia now that are like little local joints. Curiosity Coffee, I think, is one of them. That um, that's that's too perfect. And I, you know, I I was gonna say a lot. I noticed the Arkansas offensive line, they got to deal with a barbecue joint in uh, you know, in Arkansas. So all I'm saying is like home team or true barbecue or whoever, what are you waiting on? Like what, what is the hold up here? Y'all need to, South Carolina has a veteran offensive line. I'm sure they, I'm sure they enjoy barbecue. Who doesn't? So get, in fact, there's probably some pretty good barbecue in Hartsville, man. So maybe, maybe get some of your people up there on this thing. Hey, I mean, you know, just being, being in Columbia, going to school at Carolina, I found myself, uh, uh, hitting up the the palmetto pig or, or wherever uh, where or uh or doc's barbecue whatever uh whatever buffet w- was open whenever i was a student yeah there you go i now that you know some of these guys it's dangerous the buffets are dangerous to to maybe partner up like all you can eat you know with, with some of these offensive linemen that that might be a little bit dangerous there is, has to be a limit 
right? Um, but but yeah, man, there's a there there are a lot of options. I I'll be curious to see what NIL means for football players at the University of South Carolina because I think everybody I've talked to businesses. They're still sort of filling filling this thing out. Like, what does it mean? What what can I do? What can I do? How much money am I supposed to be spending? What is it worth? Um, but you would think there would be a lot of options for these kids at a place like Columbia compared to maybe a sm- like a smaller like college town type universities out there. So that I'll be very curious to see how the NIL stuff. Uh, evolves i guess is the word um as businesses get a better feel the players get a better feel for exactly how all this is going to work yeah there, there's no doubt about that and, and you know offensively yeah i've seen you know i think arby's needs to needs to step up and sponsor an offensive line i mean you're talking about we have the meats like what what like that's that's about as offensive line as it gets right there and that, there's a arby's right down the road for me right now i guess on garners ferry road so um that's local and you know you've got they've already gotten they've actually they should pay because they've gotten so much free publicity from these thumbs up photos from spurrier and and beamer so i I really arby's actually should just probably support the entire team i think at this point yeah i mean they they definitely they definitely owe the uh the university of south carolina tremendous favor i think some pr money right like some (laughs) some marketing money (laughs) <laughs> no, where where's the check at Arby's? like here well, we're expecting some money for this seriously i mean the uh the, and again that beamer when it comes to stuff like that to me that's beamer's greatest strength like to the the, the public stuff like the public speaking stuff um all you know the welcome home tour it, i was i was actually speaking of barbecue i was at home team barbecue when he for one of his call-in shows and just you know the shaking hands kissing babies talking to everybody hanging out beamer kills it in, in those settings so I, I think that will continue to be his strength um a, as a head coach uh, moving forward and and i, I think that's important yeah that, that's definitely true and they kind of want to hit on the some of the some of the defensive class and that's, it's very defensive back uh, heavy you gave the you had a shout out to tori and gray earlier certainly a need uh, for the game guys, especially with the attrition and at defensive back. Of course, they added uh, Ryan Prunty in the transfer portal, which I agree with you. I think that's definitely the the biggest uh, biggest recruiting battle that's been won uh, so far. But when you look at at guys that, that are committed uh, in the defensive backfield right now, you look at Emory Floyd, Peyton Williams, Anthony Rose, Nick Ebenworry, Kawan Banks, Javante McClendon. Who are the who are the guys that that are kind of uh, in the court maybe maybe thinking maybe play corner right now who are some of the safeties who maybe uh could be a candidate for i know clayton white uh, calls it the big nickel uh, in in his four two five defense who are some of those candidates uh to, to play those positions out of this class yeah you know the way i have broken it up in my head would be that that emory floyd and anthony rose are the guys that um I would say right now could start out at, at cornerback. Um, you know, some of the, I think both those guys are still lift, listed as safeties on, on some of the sites, but I I've seen, I've seen Rose in person and I'm pretty convinced he can play. He can be like a big physical cornerback. Emory Floyd is a speed demon. Um, you know, I think he ran a, a 10, five in the 100 uh, dude can roll. He's a, he's a little bit more raw as far as just his, his skill set as a DB, 
but the natural talent is, is certainly there. So I, I have the two of those guys as corners. Then I have um, Peyton Williams and Javante McClendon as sort of like uh, true safety types, like your traditional true safeties. Then, um, you know, I think Kawan Banks is sort of one of these guys. Uh, he's a little bit smaller, but but it's probably a corner or nickel potentially. Um, and then Eamon Worry is sort of your big nickel who actually, if you look at his frame, man, he, he could easily end up being more of like a true like Will linebacker type kid. So um, that that's going to depend entirely on how big he gets and how the scheme evolves and, and what exactly they're looking for from that Will linebacker spot. But as far as how you were going to slot them right now, that's sort of how, how I would put it. And then, you know, needs on your current team, you know, if cornerbacks just being locked down, you know, Prunny's on front Prunny's a freshman. So some some of that's gonna be determined by where you you need them moving forward. Obviously, the safety position is one that they absolutely had to address um in, in this class. And and they've they've certainly done that, I think. Well, you mentioned uh kind of moving outside of that to to a couple of the other uh the defensive linemen in this class. You mentioned uh, Jimmy Lindsay kind of on the recruiting trail or adding uh, Jamal Weiss and, and Felix Hickson, two guys from from near each other in, in Florida and Georgia respectively. But but what what is South Carolina getting uh, in, in those players? And and I know Jimmy Lindsay has a lot of has a lot of connections, especially where uh, Felix Hickson was concerned. But but how did how did Jimmy Lindsay go about uh, landing those guys and what are they getting uh, in those two players? Yeah, he, he's a relationship builder, man, and and that, that's really what he's done. He's built really strong off-the-field relationships with those guys and, uh, you know, some of these other kids he, he's uh, going after. I, I look at uh, Jamari Lyons as a kid out of the state of Florida that South Carolina is battling with Florida for that, that Jimmy Lindsay's got a really strong relationship with as well. And, I, you know, he's a high three-star guy, but I, I think he's a four-star talent. So that's another one to keep an eye on. But uh, I, I look at Jamal Weiss. You know, it's a kid that probably is a little bit underrated at this point. He originally moved down from Ohio, uh, didn't play a ton last year because he had just uh, moved into a, a new area, getting acclimated, had a big finish to his year. I saw him at camp, um, just a massive kid, man, massive, athletic, has played on the edge, has played inside. South Carolina is going to play him inside. He's, he's going to easily grow into that 300-pound range, I think. And then Hickson, you know, that if Hickson – was a little bit bigger at this time, um, you're probably talking about a potential national level guy because Felix Hickson's film is outstanding. He He's going to have to reshape his body a little bit. Uh, you know, he's already, I think he's 6'3", 284 is what he lists at. Um, he'll be a guy that probably has to drop weight and then add it back a little bit. So, so, so reshape, but as far as just the ability, the skill set, uh, getting off blocks, explosiveness off the line, I really, really like Felix Hicks, and I, I think he's, he's a guy that, um, you know, a couple of years down the road, South Carolina could be looking at as a, you know, a potential starter in the middle of their defense. So he he's a nice pickup. And, and Jimmy just did a really good job there of getting in like day one and, and sort of building that relationship. I think he was involved with the kid when he was at Illinois a bit as well. And, um, and, and yeah, just uh, – has put them in in a place with some some really good prospects for for 2022, but then I think they're in in pretty good shape with some great prospects for 2023. Yeah, definitely, definitely being able to to get a lot of 
they because Carolina's gotten a lot of their class uh, committed already. If you're able to to hang on to those guys uh, during the season and and able to sign those guys either in the early signing period or in the in the February signing period going into the season, it definitely gives you a, a great opportunity to to kind of narrow down your your 2022 list, and it gives you a great head start. Uh, trying to look at some of those 2023, 2024 guys that that other coaching staff may not have gotten to yet just because they're still trying to fill out their 2022 class. Yeah, and I, I think um, it, as far as the rest of the 2022 class, it, it's kind of all the top guys, right? Like it's it's your Oscar Delps, it's your Antonio Williams, um, you know, who they end up getting at running back, um, you know, your Keenan Nelson Juniors, your Traquan Fagans, your your guys like that, where it, it's pretty much top guys from here on out. So you, if you have this many guys committed, it allows you to go ahead, focus in on your final top targets for 2022, uh, and then start focusing on on 2023. And you know, I, you know, they're going to have a, a cookout event coming up a, a few weekends from now. I'd imagine you're you're going to have a lot of your committed guys on campus, but you know, if you're going to start having some some underclassmen and and start uh, really I guess uh, clamping down on on who your top targets are for for that class as well, and I I think June was big for that. They they had a lot of really good prospects in for for twenty twenty three and twenty twenty four, uh, which is crazy to even think about. But the state of South Carolina, um, I I believe is going to be up the next couple of years as far as the the level of talent in this state, which bodes very very well for South Carolina. People can say what they want about Will Muschamp. But one thing that that hurt him was that the state, for most of the time he was at South Carolina, the state was not up as far as the depth of elite talent uh, in the state of South Carolina. Yeah, that's definitely true. You know, just looking at at, at some of the high schools, even even around you know this area, around or even you know the rest of the state, they all uh, project to be to be really good uh, here in the next couple of years. Definitely a lot of guys there. Are going to be a lot of talent, but the West final thing that I, I kind of had for you was kind of talking about you know some of the upcoming targets for for 2022. Up talking about uh, who's going to be uh, on campus here in the final week of July. We got the cookout uh, coming up for for a lot of these uh, teams as, as they're calling them now. But I know uh, a guy DeAndre Martin, he's going to be visiting uh, Virginia Tech in South Carolina uh, for his final two uh, visits there before he commits on August 1st and and kind of looking at you know Oscar Delp decided not to go to to either of the cookouts between uh, Georgia and South Carolina he did, obviously didn't want to give uh, either one an advantage it's been you know been really fun on, on Twitter to see uh, South Carolina and Georgia fans going back and forth and I thought it was a really nice uh, line from Shane Beamer yesterday uh, at SEC Media Day is talking about we want the premier tight ends in the country to, to come play for us because we're going to be throwing to them a lot. Yeah, you notice he he even paused and put an emphasis. He's like, we won't like completely over, over oversold it just so it was one hundred percent clear. Like, tell tell us we won't delp without saying we won't delp. Um, <laughs> it is exactly what he did. But uh, that that was that was a nice uh, nice moment I, I thought from Beamer, but. Yeah, you know, South Carolina's right there with Delp. You know, Clemson's lurking. I still think it's it's South Carolina, Georgia. Straight coin flip. Like, I, I don't know if Delp himself knows. I, I think, um, you know, we, we didn't talk about Eric Kimry a whole lot earlier when we were talking about assistance, but he's done, an, he's done a really, really good job of just doing everything possible and getting creative 
in, in recruiting Oscar Delp. And, and actually, he's another one that has South Carolina in really good shape with some 2023 guys as well. So that, that position, I think when kids see how that position is used this year, plus the uh, the efforts that, that he's been putting in, um, you know, I, I think that position will be very well taken care of when you look at what the talent they have there now and then adding on the next couple of recruiting classes. Um, yeah, Antonio Williams, I, right now I think that's South Carolina and Ole Miss. Not a surprise that, you know, he's set official visits to both those schools and, and, and set those visits first. You know, Georgia's involved, Auburn is involved, Clemson's still lurking there as well but has not offered – I tend to think South Carolina ultimately can get Antonio Williams, but I think they're going to have to go, you know, just go the full course with him. Uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint with him right now. Ole Miss still a major factor. So they, they've got it. That's one where you, you're going to have to play well on the field, right? Like you're going to have to do some things on the field to, to put yourself in a position to, to close out his recruitment. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, he's going to be at the, the cookout. Monroe Freeling, uh, a younger in-state kid from Oceanside Collegiate down in Mount Pleasant, Charleston area. Um, that kid is an absolute stud. He may have been the best prospect I, I saw at camp um, all summer. Like Monroe Freeling, he's a four-star guy, probably is going to be knocking on the door for five-star status, I, I think. So big opportunity for South Carolina. Uh, you know, he'll be in. I think Cam Pringle will be in. You mentioned DeAndre Martin. Um, he had a good day at camp at the O-line, D-line uh, deal. So he sort of came out of nowhere this, this summer. Got a South Carolina offer, VT offer, Tennessee offer, Florida State offer, I think. So, yeah, it should um, it should be an intriguing, you know, next few weeks, an intriguing few months. And uh, and maybe this silent welcome home will, will actually be revealed uh, here shortly. <laughs> well, actually, Wes, it actually just got revealed. I just see the uh, – I see the video okay, now yeah. that, that, that yeah, Keenan yeah. Nelson Jr. has officially committed to South Carolina publicly. But uh, yeah, just I'm gonna of, let you talk for one second while I, while I hit publish on this thing. If you'll bear with me for one second. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I did want to. Um, I did. He kind of wanted to touch on uh, Eric Camry. I know we we didn't talk about him uh, before, but it, if if South Carolina doesn't get Oscar Delp, if he does end up. Uh, going to Georgia, I know talking to people on the Georgia end, they seem to be uh, pretty confident just because of the people that cover Georgia, they seem to be pretty confident just because of the the relationships uh, that he has with, with Gunnar Stott and a couple of those other guys on his uh, seven on seven team. And then, you know, just being from coming and uh, it's a big uh, Georgia uh, stomping ground, but it's definitely going to be a battle. But if Eric Camry doesn't uh, land Oscar Delp, it certainly won't be from lack of trying having uh, Hayden Hurst and Jerry Cook and those guys back on campus for his visit. Yeah, you know, he's um he he's been really creative, man. He's uh I would say taking advantage of the fact that you know, there's only so many guys you're recruiting at tight end, right? He he's just said, "Look, Delp Delp is my guy." Uh that's been the approach. Um Delp, uh, you know, when you when you have some good talent at your position already, you don't have to sit there and sign two or three guys. You can say, "Look, you're the guy I want." Um and if I don't get you, I maybe don't even sign a tight end, you know? So it, it gives you an opportunity there to, to just focus all your energy and effort onto one player. And, and that's what, what Kimry's done, but it's also allowed him to be really creative. And, um, you know, I, I would say has, has put South Carolina in as good of considering where they are as a program, considering where Georgia has been as a program, 
Um, South Carolina is in as good a shape, I think, as they can possibly be with Delp right now with more of the process still left to, you know, to play out. So we'll, we'll see where that goes. Yeah, that's definitely true. And, 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 you know, they've, they've got, you can always, you know, wait for, wait for some guys. If you don't get depth, you can always wait for some guys to, to emerge uh, from their high school film or, or you can always go the, the transfer portal route uh, for a tight end if you really need to sign one uh, in this class. But just, you know, looking at the depth of, of the tight end position at, at Carolina, even though, if they, even if they don't end up uh, with a tight end in this class, I think they're still uh, set. But, but I did want to ask you before I let you go, since we do have the video now about uh, Keenan Nelson Jr., what South Carolina's getting in him, another guy to, from the Northeast, like we were talking about earlier with, with Pete Limbo and the gang up there. Yeah, you know, obviously a, a great pickup. He's now South Carolina's highest-ranked commitment, four-star kid. Um, he surpassed Ryan Brubaker as far as being the, the most highly-ranked kid on, on the uh, commitment list right now. Another four-star guy, another guy with some versatility. I, I think he starts out probably at cornerback, um, but could play nickel, could play safety. Um, really, really could could do about anything for you as far as the secondary goes. And um, a very, he's already a developed kid. He has a couple of personal trainers, personal DB trainers, I should say, that he works with. Um, one of them is the same trainer that that JC Horn uses in in Atlanta, so he travels down to to work with him. And um, really just if, if you're going up into, this, into Pennsylvania and you're getting kids that Penn State wants and you're getting kids that Penn State's very involved in, you know, South Carolina now has Brubaker and uh, Keenan Nelson Jr. If you look at the rivals rankings, that's the number three and five overall prospects in Pennsylvania for the class of 2022. That's that, that's special. Like that's uh, that's worth getting excited about, um, you know, if you're part of the fan base. So. Um, yeah, if you're if you're a Gamecock fan, be don't don't be impatient. Just be excited that you got a guy like Keenan Nelson Jr. Um, these guys are probably worth the wait, honestly. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. You know, we're talking about getting the the number three and and number five players uh, uh, in a state, especially when you got a a state as as talent rich as Pennsylvania is. Certainly worth the wait uh, for for Carolina fans. And there's been a lot of like where when's the video coming? Like you know the silent commit. You know you get the you tell them you know we're wait, just he's just waiting on the video to be made, and everybody's like, well, where's the video at? Like just just you know the but while we were talking about earlier, it's just it's just based on uh, the fact that we want everything uh, right now as a society nowadays. Yeah, you, you to get guys like this, man. Sometimes you got to be patient. Just like like I said with Antonio Williams, you know he he wants to see the process through. You're gonna to have to be patient. You're gonna to have to let him, let him do his thing. Let him take his visits. Let his family see the schools. Um, but if you're gonna sign big time players, it's not supposed to be easy. You know, like it's if you're just getting the sort of low hanging fruit, you're probably not getting good players, right? So um, if you're gonna go sign players, there's gonna be there's gonna be some hoops to jump to jump through. Frankly, there's gonna be um, some some battles. I mean, Oscar Delp, you're battling, you're battling with the home state Georgia. It's that's a big boy. I call it a big boy recruiting battle. Um, it's it's not easy. It's not fast. But if you can win those, then if you're South Carolina, you can turn this thing around.
that's definitely true and and always uh, trying to put yourself uh, in those battles for those top players and especially if they have some especially if carolina has you know some on field success this year that's definitely going to be you can find a way to to get to a bowl game get six or seven wins that's only going to increase the the momentum even further for the not only to finish out 2022, but to start out the 2023, 2024 class. But, but Wes, thanks so much for, for taking time today, brother. I know you, you've been a busy man. You've been waiting to, to put your story out on, on the, on the latest commitment uh, to South Carolina football, but, but tell everybody where they can find you on social media, where they can find uh, your work, your content at, at Gamecock Central, you know, listen to, to you and Chris all the time. You do an incredible job and, and really appreciate you taking some time today, brother. Yeah, anytime, man. Uh, anytime you want me back on, I'd love to do it. Uh, come on over if you're if you're listening or watching GamecockCentral.com. I got at least I think five content items on Keenan Nelson Jr. that I'm hitting publish on right now. So uh, come hang out with us, Chris, and I'll be back on GC Live um, on Wednesday. Um, and actually, we've got a video. It's not a live thing, but we've got a pre-recorded video. If people want to go to our, it's completely free. Just go to our YouTube, YouTube.com/slash Gamecock Central. I'm about to make it live as well, where we're talking a, a bit more in depth about Nelson and and what he's all about. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it, man. Uh, hopefully, if if your uh, listeners and watchers aren't on Gamecock Central, hopefully they'll they'll come check us out, man. That's definitely true. Definitely encourage uh, everybody to go check out uh, Wes and Chris and all the guys, Colin. They all they all do an incredible job over there. And Wes, hope you stay safe and well, and definitely have to get you back on soon, brother. All right, thanks, brother. Have a good one. Okay. You're welcome, and thank you. And thank you. Shout out to everybody for watching and listening to Crunch Time Plays today. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. It's been another edition of Crunch Time Plays. God bless everybody.